0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Lader and I am joined by Izzy Phillips, Liz Batchelor and Katie Midwinter as we preview this weekend's racing. We've got plenty to get our teeth stuck into. We've got some decent action at Newmarket with the Cesarevich meeting. We'll look at a couple of races at York as well and we'll do our Any Other Business section at the end where we'll be focusing on a couple of the races at Chepstow. But before we get into things. A couple of big stories from the racing world today. Uh, the main one is that the Grand National is going to be having a few changes to 2024. Um, we're going to be getting a smaller field going from um, 40 runners to now 34. They're going to be uh, moving the first fence um, slightly nearer to the start. We've only got a standing start. Just some of the changes that they're going to be making. For next year's grand national um girls um the floor yours what do you think about some of these changes
1: i think with the grand national i know it's become obviously the grand national is one of the massive spectacles of our sport i think moving the fences and things i can see the benefit obviously the last couple of years they've made them smaller and they've made you know changes to the materials used in them and all sorts of different things that from a safety element no one's going to oppose, you know, no one in their right mind going to oppose a safer race for a horse. But I think it does get to a point whereby how many changes are we going to make before the race becomes unrecognisable as the spectacle that we know it? Um, I know I was mentioning earlier, you know, the smaller you make the fences and the smaller you make the field, the faster they're likely to go. And it's that speed in which they can hit some of the fences is likely the thing that would cause more fatalities. I know it felt a very fast run race this year, well, this year just gone. Um, And most of us said, you know, it felt a little bit of a difficult watch, but it's just the principle of not allowing people who really have no real interest in our sport and no understanding of our sport to make those decisions and make those changes. I think as long as it's coming from a good place, then it's fine, but a little bit disappointed to see that they've reduced the field Quite that much.
2: I would probably, I would probably agree. And as we were saying earlier, I and I tweeted it at the time. I did not enjoy watching the Grand National this year. Um, but then, when tensions were high, the race went off late. Did they go quick to try and get it out of the way? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, but I think the BHA, although they've they've come up with these. Well, not even proposals. The new rules. I still think racing as a whole has got more issues to worry about than the Grand National.
0: Now I can see where you're coming from. I think if maybe Animal Rising hadn't had, had their um, their press coverage in the, in the build up to it, and then gone on to protest at the track, um, we might not have seen necessarily seen these changes. So it it does suggest that. Maybe for them, they have like maybe won won a few points in the argument uh, with the public. Um, Katie, do you think that Animal Rising have maybe helped shake the stir the pot up a little bit and have forced some of these changes?
3: They probably have because they were on the, all the mainstream news channels and they got a lot of of uh, of of media time really um so yeah they, they they probably have had an effect on it and i'd say they had an effect on the race this year as well it, i agree with the girls that it, it wasn't a nice watch at all like i'm a big racing fan as we all are but i didn't enjoy watching that uh, and i did worry for the safety of of many of the horses and the jockeys as well but i think it a big factor in that was the, the fact that there were so many loose horses running around and they didn't really have a safe place to go, but I know they've made they're going to make some alterations to the the alignment of the running rail on the inside of the course, and hopefully that will help capture the loose horses quicker and make it safer for them, and then they won't be able to get across the the horses that are actually still participating in the race, and I think that will make a big difference. and as well as the first fence being moved closer to the start. I've been listening to what a few jockeys have had to say as well. And I think most of them are, are in complete agreement with that. And and they do think that it's gonna to, to just maybe slow that rush down, that that rush towards the first fence, all that adrenaline and wanting to get on with things, it's it's such a huge race that there's gonna be a lot of pressure on the on the jockeys, on the horses as well. And I think maybe just Releasing that pressure a little bit, trying to make things calmer at the start with a standing start and then uh, a shorter run up to the to the first fence, so that they have to take their time and get into a, a good position, so they can see the fence. I think things like that are massive positives. Um, so just echoing what what the girls have said as well, the the maximum number of runners that that's been cut to thirty four. I think I don't think that's going to help much, um, and it's a shame because I think what's going to happen is there's going to be another fatality sometime, probably. Um, and then, are they going to want to reduce it even more and even more and even more? And in the end, it's, it's not going to be that unique race that is such a challenge. Um, so, it it's a shame that they're, they're reducing the number of runners, but I think there are some positives to take from it.
0: Yeah, I think we kind of got flavour of what's been going on there. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot of good points about some of the changes but also as well can see see some of the negatives like when you get the old saying when you uh, take an inch they get a mile um we're kind of an open it up to that possibility so yeah be interesting to see how how the race unfolds next year and the other uh, big news today um, in the racing world was Frankie Dettori i know uh, we're planning a, a little social to Champions Day at Ascot uh, next weekend, so if you see us, feel free to give us a shout. Um, that was meant to be Frankie's last ride in the UK, with his announcement that he's going to continue uh, riding for the foreseeable future. He said he's only going to be riding in America, but I'm sure he's bound to turn up. Um, Girls, what do we think on this one? Is it a, a good thing that Frankie's going to continue to ride, and was it that big of a surprise?
2: it's just not a surprise is it <laughs> i think that's the, it's definitely not a surprise to me it might be to other people um but i don't know i just it, it's just turned into a bit of a circus this whole farewell tour that was going on people have paid money race courses have paid him to turn up to race courses apart from Listerwell, so well done to them um, but, but i just think yeah, maybe they should ask for the money back. But he is going to America. I'm sure he'll uh, creep back into some of the bigger races over in Europe in time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a whole charade for me. Still
3: been riding at the, the top level. Really, he's made some mistakes. Like we won't mention Stradivarius and bring up bad memories. But he's still riding at the top level. He's riding for the best trainers. He's riding some of the best horses and. It, I think a lot of people have, have been talking about, well, why is he even retiring now? Because he's still more than capable of of doing a good job um, and, and winning big races. But I think the fact that he's going over to America, I would not be at all surprised to see him at Royal Ascot next year riding for Wesley Ward. Um, I think that it, it could well happen. So as Liz was saying, surely he's not going to... To pass an opportunity to to win another app or another race at royal ascot if he gets the opportunity to do that
1: yeah i think that i mean he has been absolutely riding on a cloud hasn't he at the moment he's just been so so good this season and i know it's partly because obviously i think trainers obviously have looked to give him better rides for his final ride in this race and his final ride in that race and You know, they have obviously supported this kind of grand farewell tour that we've got going on. But I couldn't agree with Katie more. I mean, where where does he draw the line? It comes across that he's addicted to the rush, you know. Um, There's been many occasions where he's been on the TV on these Saturdays, on these big Group 1 winners that he's had, and he's made these comments like, one more year, or I'll be back at Cheltenham, or, you know. And I i don't i think he's i don't actually think he's joking obviously look he's now going to america and a, and a jockey of his quality should be winning a lot of races out there if he gets the rides um and why would you want to see your career out riding mediocre rides out in America like you say katie if he gets another shot at an arc or a big royal ascot race of course he's going to go for it
0: yeah he most certainly is i was Kind of open to see him in on Armour Celeb this year. I'm not gonna lie when he announced his retirement, but yeah,
1: so was I him and Boris Johnson.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna have to wait another probably couple of years for that, but um, yeah, hopefully, he does appear on that show one day because it'll be so, it'll definitely be a good crack, anyway. Enough of the racing news today you want to know what we fancy this weekend so let's get stuck into the racing the first race we're going to preview is the 125 at newmarket it's the Emirates Sortum stakes it's a group three over a mile and ancient wisdom is your favorite two to one we've then got chief little rock at nine to two arabic legend at five to one Orn at 15 to two per contra at tens bigger are the rest izzy i'll come to you here first ancient wisdom is your favorite charlie appleby probably hasn't had his best year it's fair to say um at least in the big races anyway um so he's going to be relying on some of these two-year-olds to uh, carry the flag for him next year do we think ancient wisdom could be one of those
3: yeah certainly hasn't had the best year
1: but i don't think that ancient wisdom is um old reliable here i i quite like uh chief little rock i think looking at the form he's proven over a mile um there's been lots of rain today all day and there was also forecast rain all day tomorrow in Newmarket. um so i think that soft ground should suit as well and i'm just trying to keep an eye on that so i think that swayed it for me on chief little rock
0: okay chief little rock it is for izzy katie are you going to make it another a O'Brien uh, selection here
3: I think Chief Little Rock has got a good form in the book, uh, that form behind Deep One at the Curra a win before that at Leopardstown. But the one I was actually quite keen on was Ancient Wisdom, um, because I think he's got the best form in the race. He cost €2 million euros as a yearling, uh, made an expected start to, to his racing career with back-to-back wins before finishing third behind Rosalian and Al Musmak, uh, finishing ahead of a Group 3 winner, listed winner. Um, in that race. I think it's a really good form line and I'd say he's the
2: one to beat here.
0: Okay, so Ancient Wisdom is for Katie. How about you, Liz?
2: Um, so I was just going to say that um, I found myself tussling between Ancient Wisdom and Chief Little Rock, so there's nothing really that I can really add to what the girls have already said. Um, but I would, I would push towards more... Big Little Rock, I think, um, and I think, yeah, his his second in the group too at Curra um, on yeah maybe good ground and like as he's talking about the weather with the rain that's coming um, m- maybe but I I think Chief Little Rock over Ancient Wisdom but two million euros as a yearling for Ancient Wisdom they obviously um, thought a lot of him when they bought him.
0: Yeah, they most certainly did. They have been splashing around Godolphin at the sales, but it seems like we've got a bit of Aime O'Brien loving here in the opener at Newmarket. I personally wanted to take on the front two. I thought Arabic legend was interesting for Andrew Bolden and Sean Nevy. One on debut at Newmarket on the July course and then went to uh, Salisbury last time out in the Stonehenge Stakes. Didn't run too badly, I thought, and just bumped into Arabian Crown, who I think is going to be a, a real flag bearer for Charlie Apple. Charlie Appleby stable next year. He was actually sent off 13-8 um, favourite for that race, Arabic legend. A lot of big things um, were expected on the day, but I just wonder if he found the ground maybe a little bit quick. And this softer ground, been by Dubawi, I just think that might suit. The other been going okay, I just thought 5-1. to one. I thought that was maybe a little bit of value, and uh, I don't think he has too much to find. On the front two so for me i'm gonna give a, a chance to arabic legend we're now going to move on to the two o'clock for the native trails juhar stakes it's a group one over seven furlongs one of the classiest two-year-old racers we see um of the season and the favorite is city of troy at one to two we've then got iberian at four to one alan at nines indian run at 20s array at 22s even Shaddad at 33s Bigger are the rest. Katie, I'll conjure you here first. Being Aiden O'Brien's uh, number one fan, um, City of Troy, we're excited to see him. Do we think he's going to get the job done?
3: Um, yeah, yeah, I do think he'll get the job done. He, I think he's the best of a pretty exceptional crop of juveniles at ballydled this season. Um, and yeah, you know, we've been really keen to see him back out. He didn't run at the Irish Champions Festival. He was a non-runner there, but. Think coming here, he's he has to have the best form in the race, and and he's looked pretty special. So hopefully we see a special performance from him. I probably won't be having a bet on him at the prices, um, but I will be cheering him on. I think if I was going to have a bet in the race, one of uh, one of my old favourites this season, Hartam, sixty six to one. There's quite tempting about him, uh, just maybe to fill in one of those places, and also Array, who's been supplemented for the race. 22 to 1, I think, is a big price um, each way there. So maybe one of those two, I might have a saber on them each way, but I do expect City of Troy to put in an, an emphatic performance. And I, I don't think soft Brown will inconvenience too, him too much. Um, I think Aiden O'Brien has said it's not going to be his ideal, but uh, I think he's good enough to be effective on it. So, yeah, hopefully we see a really good performance. OK,
0: how about you, Liz? Who did you like in the two hair stakes?
2: Um, Oh, sorry. let me start that again um well the last time I was on here I made a case for um Iberian and then opted to go for Rosalian who finished third at the time um but Charlie Hills loves Iberian always speaks really highly of him and they believe that he is their guinea's hope next season he did win really well he won the group two champagne Stakes at Doncaster last month really well winning by two lengths obviously Rosalian um was um Seen winning the Group 1 Grand Criterion at Longchamp last weekend by a length, um, and it was on soft ground too, uh, the tide that he won that Group 2 Champagne Stakes, um, even though they think he'll do better on a slightly firmer surface, um, and that could be the issue that we face here, um, but the rain is coming, um, so... Let's see what happens there. Um, There's only one horse that has won on heavy, um, and that is Array. Um, And as Katie said, he has been supplemented, um, so he could go well at a bigger price. City of Joy does keep winning impressively, but has he actually beaten anything to warrant him being such a short price? I'm not so sure. Um, So I'm actually going for Iberian in this. Um, I won't uh, change my mind on
0: him this time. Okay, sticking loyal this time with Iberian. That means he's not going to win. You heard it there from Liz. So that's her thoughts then on the Dewhurst. How about you, Izzy? You get the final say here?
1: I'm sticking with Katie and City of Troy. Um, I completely agree with everything Liz has said though about Iberian. Um, And obviously you've got the fact that then uh, Rosselian who then went to Paris Longchamp and beat the course record in his group one next time out so he really did go off and frank that form as well um so it's understandable why they think so much of iberian i I can't write him out here um but i do just have a real soft spot for city of troy i do just think he's very special
0: okay strong votes then for city of troy and this is going for iberian again i like none of the first two here i think city troy is way too short i'm not sure about that july stakes form Iberian, I think he might have just handled the conditions better and I thought it was a bit of a strange race. We have seen Rosalian go on to win in France, boosting that form, but the one I like who does have form tied in with Rosalian is uh, Alan Alenav- Alenavi, if I've pronounced that correctly. This horse, go back and watch the, the replay last time out when he uh, won the Group 3 Tatsuo stakes. He doesn't look like he's going to win, but in the last 100 yards, he shows an electric turn of foot. It looked like that kind of... Uh, change of gear. That looked group one class to me and I honestly think he could be a oh, exciting horse next season. Maybe the ground could be a little bit of a concern but I would be willing to give him a try. The time before that he finished fourth in um, in a listed race at Ascot behind Rosalion but he was a bit unlucky that day. He didn't get um, a clear run but the horse uh, the, that he beat in, in that race, uh, two horses he beat in that race, Dancing Gemini, Hacked up at Doncaster in a listed race for Roger Teal, and then Sunway as well actually beat um beat Rosalian. So the form there is maybe a little bit intermittent, but Alan Ar- Narby was definitely a big eye catcher in that race. He's riding Throw and Barrows here, who does really well with the ammunition he gets from Shadwell. I just thought this horse will probably be doing his best work at the end. Maybe a horse might get first run on him, but I wouldn't discount him, at least making the frame, you know. We've got the eight runners, so if they all stand their ground, I think he's a cracking each way bet, and I think... Um, I think he could run a big race there, and I, I think he's quite an exciting horse moving forward. So for me, I really like the chances of Avalanabi to run a nice race in the Dewhurst. So we move on to the 2.40 now, where we go to the feature race of the two-day Newmarket Cesarevich meeting. It is, of course, a Club Godolphin Cesarevich handicap, Thirty four runners, a few old friends in here. Pied Piper is your favourite, well backed favourite, nine 92, two. We then got Grand Providence at tens, along with Vino Victrix, the Shunter at elevens, Jesse Evans at fourteens, not so sleepy sixteens, Temperice sixteens, Goshen twenties, and many more. The field, Izzy, you can have first say here. Pied Piper, um, nine to two. Got Ryan Moore booked. Do we think uh, he's the one they've got to beat?
1: well there's a few old favorites in here isn't there um i really like the cesaro which i think it's such an excellent race um i've had a look at a few I'm, I'm undecided yet on one firm selection i have to be honest i massively respect the form of pi piper you know i think he's marvelous um a worthy favorite because he obviously should do really well here um i do like tritonic who's in the field as well Um, I think he could have an each way chance, although his more recent form looks as though he doesn't really want the ground to be too soft these days. Um, So the only concern is that there is forecast heavy rain all day tomorrow and it has been raining all day today. and there is also two good recent wins, not to get trapped into the realm of recency, but two good recent wins for Tashkan and Not So Sleepy as well that I feel like I can't ignore. So I've kind of got it down to a short list of four at the minute uh, Pied Piper, Tritonic, uh, Tashkan, and Not So Sleepy. Okay. So we'll see where we go from there.
0: Okay. Yeah, you're gonna need need a shortlist. Um, Liz, I know you, from speaking to you earlier, you had um, I think it was at thirty four runners on your shortlist. Um, yeah. They, is it <laughs> still like, like that? that. <laughs> is it still like that? Um. Well,
2: this is a race where over yeah, well over half of them are. are... Genuine hurdlers. Um, the past five years, has been a typical national hunt trainer win. Willie Mullins winning three of the past five. Uh, my favourite winner of this race was two years ago with Dicky Henderson's Buzz, um, and he may be surprisingly doesn't have a runner in it this year. Um, and this is this race is always a minefield. And good luck to anyone trying to find the winner. Um, but I do like Pipe Piper. He is a two-time Grade Two winning hurdler, third in the Triumph at Cheltenham a couple a few years ago um and he started off life as a life as a flat horse uh, with john gosden he's coming in he's coming fit into this he, he last ran in august ryan moore's booked which is clearly a positive um as izzy said not so sleepy could make all again especially in the soft ground like he did at newbury last month um and Goshen is in this. The most unpredictable racehorse of all time, I think, um, makes an appearance after last being seen at Sandown, coming second behind Nappers Hill in a grade two hurdle. Um, his chasing career clearly not for him. Um, as he said again, Tritonic could be suited up by the step-up in trip from his last race over one mile six. But I think Wordsworth is an interesting contender for David Pipe at 20 to one. Once with Aidan O'Brien, who was actually a pretty decent flat horse, um, he's now hurdling, winning his last race easily, um, although he is lumbered with top weight, but he does have a £5 claimer on board. Um, but yeah, as you can hear, I can talk about most of these. Uh, good each way value to be had out of a race like this. Um, and there's probably one for Katie too in the land of winter at 100 to 1.
0: Yeah, well, maybe there could be there. Katie, who's your uh, number one pick in the Cesarevich? Have you narrowed it down?
3: Do you know Liz, I've backed Land of Winter plenty of times, so I'll probably have to have a bit of a save on him. He's by one of my favourite sires, Camelot as well, so probably have a pound on him at 100 to (laughs) 1. But uh, look, I'm a big fan of Pied Piper. He's he's one of my favourite national hunt horses. I think I've been backing him in most of his races, even when he's been beaten by statement. I've been putting him up each way and I thought it was going to be his day um, at Cheltenham in the in the county hurdle. He was just beaten by Favreau uh, on that occasion. But I, I, I'd love to see him get his day in the sun and he's a flatbred horse. He has all the class to go and win this. I think off the mark of of 96, he's got a brilliant chance. So fingers crossed, he can he can get the job done. But I have had a look at a few at a bigger prices as well. Again, there's so many that we could mention. Uh, Wordsworth, being ex aiden O'Brien trained that uh, I did quite like his performance at Bangor-undi, um the other week. But he was a good flat horse, and uh, I think he'd, he'd probably have a decent chance. It's just that that weight burden, if it's going to be too big of a problem for him that would be my worry um but the, the two that i do like at bigger prices the first was typewriter for andrew balding Callum Hutchison claims three pounds aboard this filly. i think she's a progressive type she's a nice stayer and she finished half a length behind run for oscar who was last year's winner um when the pair met in the queen alexandra stakes at ascot she finished a couple of lengths ahead of uh, the Irish Asarovich runner-up, Falcon 8 on that occasion as well. I think it's a good form line. If you look through her form this season, she's just been beaten ninth in the quarter by Scampi. She's finished well in, in the good staying races. I think there's a bit more to come from her daughter of Glen Eagles. Uh, lots of like about her. She's a nice price at 33 to 1. And the other one that I, I did like as well um, is Ocean Wind for Roger Teal sean levy in the saddle a jockey that i really like um 50 to 1 best price available for him now a couple of years ago he was finishing second to Stradivarius in the Cigar stakes so if he can return to anything near that form um i think he's got a decent chance of 102. he's officially rated 100 so running off 102 here is not really ideal but he's a winner over course and distance he was off for 771 days before finishing third uh, first-time blinkers at Sandan in a listed race behind you a bit in July. Disappointing since, but his mark has been coming down, so maybe he could be one to outrun his odds as well. So Pied Piper, I'm hoping we'll, we'll go and win, but um, Ocean Wind and Typewriter maybe to fill the places.
0: Okay, a couple there to watch out for from Katie. I'm actually keeping it simple here. Uh, I'd like one and that is the shunter for James Dole and then McMullins. Now this horse, I think this has been the plan ever since uh, they put him away for the summer. Uh, He had a pipe opener a couple of months ago at, at Gorham Park, where he was running over a trip too short, over a mile and a half. He's actually running this race off the mark of 94, which I think is fairly workable. If you go back through some of his form, we obviously know he's been a good horse for Connections over the years, a Cheltenham Festival winner, a more battle hurdle winner. Um, and then last year, he was actually sent off a four 4-1 favourite for the November Handicap at Nace. Um, he was just running on two... Uh, from far too far back that day, and he, he didn't get going until quite late. Um, I think over this kind of trip with, with a couple of extra furlongs over two mile two, that's going to really play to his strengths. We know he stays well. We know he can handle the ground, and more importantly, he's not got a bad draw as well in stall three. Um, you ideally looking through some of the trends. Wanna be drawn low, being drawn wide is a real. Real hard ta- task to, to put it off uh, from from in the car park. I did like Wordsworth before I saw his draw, and that's kind of put me off. I like the way how he won over hurdles last time out, and we know he, he, he would stay. But I think, yeah, I've been looking at those today in the middle, going low, and the one that just jumped off the page at me was the shunter. Like I said, I think he's off a workable mark. It looks like it's been the plan. He handles conditions. We know he stays and James Doyle as well is a really good jockey book. And so I think the shunter come the day, it would be interesting to see uh, how the market reacts. But I think he's got potential to go off nearly favourite. Um, I think if we see the old JP McManus Gamble, he could be find it out uh, to be co-favourite with Pied Piper. So if you still can get the 11 to 1, I don't think that is a bad price. So that's my thoughts on the Cesarevich. We're now going to look at one more race at Newmarket. It's a three fifteen, it's a Gaif Zetlin stakes, so a group three, and Arabian Crown is your favourite at six to five. We then got Gaspar De Lamos at seven to two, Dan Buster at five to one, Marabella at thirteen to two, and Star, the outsider at eighteen to one. Liz, uh you can have first say here, Arabian Crown, he's coming here for the hat trick, six to five. Do we think that's a little bit short?
2: not sure there's obviously only five in it i don't have a particular fancy as such um charlie appleby has won this the past two years in a row and he obviously uh, had chances arabian crown for it um he was last seen winning a listed race in august at salisbury and that path of winning the race at salisbury and then the Zetland was also taken by charlie's flyers, flying honors last year Um, Sun finished third in that race at Salisbury. and he's just come a not too distant fifth in the Royal Lodge stakes Uh, and I did also take a look at see the stars filly Merabella who won her class four novice in some nice style pulling away at the end Um, she was then entered into the group two May Hill stakes but was taken out due to the going Rafe Beckett doing well with two-year-olds I think she might spring a surprise but like I say no real big fancy
0: okay that's Liz's thoughts um on the 315 how about you KT?
2: yeah
3: i can't say that i've got a strong fancy in this one either i think arabian crown is probably the deserving favorite bidding for that hat trick of wins um i'd say he's got the best form in the race but um just a race to watch for me
0: okay just uh, a race to watch and how about you izzy
3: um well
1: i personally did quite like the look of um dan buster um, just particularly for that um, they beat jaddy last time, who's then been a winner next time out. Um, he's got form on good to soft, obviously, potential rain. So, yeah, I, I've, I'm quite impressed with him. I think he could have a good chance for Andrew Borden, so I'll probably go with Dan Buster for that
0: one. Yeah, I, you, we're on the same wavelength there. I quite liked... Um... Damn Bust. Uh, I thought it was quite impressive the way how he got up on top in the final sta- closing stages at uh, Sandown. As you say, the form was boosted uh, yesterday. Yeah, but... it was quite
1: close, wasn't it? Only ahead. head. Yeah, the, 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 Only the, for- a head
0: win. the form was boosted yesterday, and it wasn't a bad little nursery that horse uh, GoDaddy won. Um, so I, I do think that wasn't that wasn't a bad effort at all. Also, as well, the pedigree's nice as well. Remember Uncle Bryn? Um, that horse is in it, and we've got Boomer as well. <laughs> Who was a was a good horse uh, for Tom Daskin. Um So there's some nice horses in this uh, pedigree, and um, yeah, I think uh, Dan Buster, yeah, five to one. I think he, he's definitely open to more improvement, and it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Maybe not good enough to win, but I think he could definitely uh, go close. So that that was my thoughts on. The Zetland stakes. Okay, so we're now going to move on to York for the one fifteen, which is the Coral Rockingham stakes. Over six furlongs for the Juveniles. Pure Sanjay, if I've pronounced that right, is 7-2 favourite. We've then got Stardor at 5-1. Esquire, 15-2, along with Series ranks. Sketch, 8-1. Bondi, 12s. Bigger are the rest. Katie, you can have first say here. Pure Sanjay, uh, been knocking on the door three seconds in a row. Do we think he's a bit vulnerable here?
3: I think he's got the best form in the race. The second to Big Evs, second to Inquisitively, second to Beautiful Diamond. I think he's win, uh Do a bit of black type as well. He's running well in these races, but just narrowly beaten, really, by Big Evs. I think that's probably a good form line. Um, so, yeah, he'd, he'd probably be the one that they all have to beat here. Looking at the form, I think 7-2 is quite a generous price for him. Uh, but... I wouldn't be too too keen to have a bet in this race myself, but I'd say, looking at the card, Pura Sang looks the one to beat, and that 72 looks, looks a decent price, maybe. Um, Starlor has come in with a bit of a reputation this season, but hasn't quite gone to plan for him yet. Um, run on debut, beat Maximum Dividend, but was only fourth then in, in the Solario stakes at Sandown. I'm not sure how good that form is going to turn out to be if he's entitled to improve for that, but um, I'm not sure I'd be siding with him now uh, unless he can really improve massively um, from that performance. So I'd probably just side with Pura Sang here.
0: Okay, Pura Sang is for Katie. How about you, uh, Izzy? Who do you like in the rocking?
3: I'm similar in the sense that
1: I didn't have a huge fancy in this race, to be completely honest with you. Um, but I was just interested to see that Star-Law is down in Trip to six Verlong, so maybe that might unlock some kind of a, that potential that we feel, feel like we almost haven't quite seen yet. So I'll just be keeping an
2: eye on Star-Law, but no bet for me.
0: Okay, Star-Law, one to watch for Izzy. And how about you, Liz?
2: Yeah, Puro's song for me as well however we want to pronounce it. We need some kind of horse race name pronouncer to come. Um, but I just think his, his form and he's just knocking on the door and he's just so unlucky um, each and every time almost. And I just think he deserves to get his head in front. He's stepping up to six furlongs, could be the ticket, the way he runs his races, um, and that he'd benefit from a bit of rain as well. Um, so, yeah, pure song for me.
0: Okay, pure song. Uh, I did try to go back and watch the commentary of some of his races earlier and i thought i remembered it but clearly didn't <laughs> <laughs> i mean when in doubt if you if you're always struggling on a name go to the commentator but even then i've heard it from commentators that they get petrified when they when, when it's a bit of a dodgy name and they go around asking for help but sometimes they don't always uh, get it and they have to kind of go with uh, what they think it is so yeah, maybe they were guessing that day, but Pure Sang could be the could be the name of the horse that is the favorite anyway. If you, if you want to know who who we're talking about, um, but the one I did like in here actually going away from the favorite, um, was Bondi for Brian Smart, who's going quite well at the moment. Um, small stable, but does well with his sprinters. Two from seven in the last fortnight, but this horse Bondi, um, owned by Bond Thoroughbred Limited. The owner always targets winners at York. They've had quite a few horses over the last few years uh, turn up. They've had some near misses Um, I think Bond Chairman was a horse that they had high hopes for but just didn't quite uh, go on. But Bondy could be a a useful horse for them. Um, He finished fourth on his debut, funnily enough, at York behind the Coffee Pod, who's a fairly uh, good horse and then he went on to break his maiden tag next time out when winning at Pontefract Um, and he seemed to come on a lot for that run he was a bit slow on his debut but this time he broke more alertly and got the job done really well the third place horse in that race golden strike went on to win on their next start so Bondi yeah he, he could be open to more improvement um there was a bit of cut in the ground last time out at Pontefract as well so If there is rain around, which the forecast does suggest, he might be able to handle it. Obviously, he's got a bit to find with uh, some of these at the top of the market. But as I said, with connections like him to Target, um, this race, course, the gun, well, looks like he's improved. The form's not too bad. 12 to 1, that might be a bit of a big price. So I'm going to take a chance with Bondi. We then move on to the last race we're going to look at at York, it's a 2.25, it's the Coral Sprint Trophy handicap, and um, significantly is your favourite at 11-2, we've then got Albershire at 13-2, Apollo 1 at 10s along with Wob Wob Wob, Montesib 12s along with Pendleton, Summer Gandalf favourite 14s, Ali Stanser 16s along with Bielsa, Laugh a Minute and Mr Wagu, and bigger are the rest, uh, Liz you can have first say here, significantly um, was a good winner last time out of the Air Gold Cup. Do we think he's got a good chance to follow up again? Potentially,
2: although this is, I mean, it's 22 runners, same usual culprits that we see kind of every other weekend over the six furlongs. Um, And Apollo 1 does well in these big fields. Um, His last six races read 1-3, 2-2, 2-3. So I think he could be a good each-way value. He'll run on good to firm and will run on heavy. Draw of 22 could be a slight disadvantage. And I never really know what happened to Kings Lynn. He's on his lowest mark of 99 since May 2021 his last win coming in a group two in May 2022, he used to ride in the King's Colours, now owned by trainer Andrew Boulding himself um, so it'd be interesting to see what he does, um, and then I, Irish Raider, and my namesake laugh a minute, who came 8th in this last year, comes back to give it another go after his has been over 5 furlongs at Curra a few weeks ago but just like the Cesare Rich, lots of horses, lots of chances, always good races to watch
0: yeah, plenty of angles in here. Uh, Izzy, do you have an angle in for us?
2: Well, I feel like this
1: race, really, they're, they're all horses that we've all kind of followed all season, like Liz was saying, your usual culprits, coming back again. Um, you mentioned, Chris, that he's an old favourite, and absolutely he is. I do like Um He's got decent form at York, so I wouldn't, you know... I wouldn't mind taking him on. Um but there's one more that I feel like I'm just gonna give them one last chance. Well it won't be one last chance. It's just one one extra jump off the cliff. Um I'm gonna go for Abraham Gold. I think it's quite a big price. But yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm just gonna give a few of my old favourites one final punt for the season.
0: Yeah, I think this is a race full of cliff horses. Some old favourites as well. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give my selection in a minute. Katie, I know one of your all time cliff horses is in, is in here. And you were saying before the off, you were backing a horse at 50s, going out to 66 to 1. Is it the one that I'm thinking of here?
3: Yeah, it's Rousing Uncle <laughs> who probably hasn't got much of a chance looking at the prices now. Uh, as soon as I put a bat on at 50s, he drifted to 66. So not really the best sign but you know 66 has more value on the day so who knows maybe maybe he will finally return to some form but i really liked him as a juvenile and so i've been sticking with him this season to no avail yet uh but he has had wind surgery um so this is first run after that operation I prefer to back them on the second run after wind up, but I'll, I'll make an exception here and really hope that it's going to bring some improvement from him because he was such a good juvenile. He finished second in the Mill Reef Stakes um, to secure. He went to Nace uh, and he he finished just behind Victoria Road, there, Ocean Crest, Matilda Picot. They're all really good horses. They seem to have trained on. Uh, rousing encore this season unfortunately he just hasn't done much at all Um, but that run at Asker in May second run of the season in the Commonwealth Cup trial stakes in the group three there it's giving me a glimmer of hope that there could be still some ability because he he finished fifth out of nine in that race but all of the horses in the race apart from Desert Cop they're all rated in the hundreds. Um, and he finished ahead of Magical Sunset, who went on to win a Group 3 at Goodwood. She's now rated a 107. So my thought process is, off a mark of 90, if that wind operation brings any improvement um, out of him, if he's had some issues and, and maybe they, they've sorted them out now, he's got a draw from 19, um, I just really think he could maybe outrun those massive odds of 66 one, And it is a big leap of faith. But sometimes you just have to, you have to keep the faith in these horses and hopefully that faith will be rewarded. So that's what I'm hoping for here.
0: Yeah, you never know. Maybe, maybe Saturday could be his day to finally get his head back in the winner's enclosure. Or maybe at least run a nice race and maybe the frame but yeah if if you want to back in yeah 66 to 1 couldn't put you off for that kind of price um maybe
3: wait wait a little bit and he'll be out to 80s and then to 100 probably
0: yeah and then you can back him with with bet 365 in the extra place market with like 10 places for like 33 to 1 so yeah maybe you could maybe that's a way to get him um but yeah rousing uncle one last row of the dice for Katie, um, I like a couple in here, again, another clear force, Escobar, I put him up last weekend at Ascot, he was actually only beaten three and a quarter lengths, he didn't run necessarily that badly, he's down two pound here, off a mark of 92, he's bound to be doing his best work late on, so he's one that I'm, I'm going to have to maybe keep the faith with one more time, and the other horse was Bielsa, who uh, was a course and distance winner, are uh, back at the Dante meeting in May. He's now £3 higher, but he wasn't disgraced in the Air Gold Cup last time. He was only beaten two, two and three-quarter lengths uh, behind significantly. Obviously, as Izzy said, they've all met each other most of these earlier in the season and kind of reverse form now and again. He finished third time before that in the Stewart's Cup. He's around about a 16-1 chance. Uh, Shane Gray takes a ride. Last time he rode him, he actually finished second, to him, second on him at Red Car. So, that's not an issue there. Panel's a bit of cut in the ground. I think Bielsa could definitely run a big race as well. So, yeah, there are a couple in the field that I thought definitely could uh, outrun their odds. So, yeah, that is the the final race from ITV that we're going to be previewing this weekend. So it's now our Any Other Business section. And I know that we've got a a big meeting on Saturday at Chepstow. The Jumps has taken another step forward. It's starting to come into view now. And I know that... Quite a few of us are really looking forward to seeing the action there over the next couple of days. But Izzy, you can go first. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about this weekend?
1: Just a couple that I'm going to be keeping an eye on slash, maybe having a bet on at Chepstow. So I quite look like the look of Nappers Hill in the three ten at Chepstow on Saturday. Um, um, always like to see when Nichols brings the big guns back out. Um. Hoping for some good things from Napa's Hill this season. And an old favourite of mine in the 340, I'll be backing Al Dancer. I actually think he's got quite a good chance in that one.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah, there's two for me.
0: Yeah, it is his favourites. They're coming out. So, yeah, you better look out for them if you yeah. been listening Kristen to Tristan
1: Davis, guys.
0: <laughs> he's actually been in great form, to be fair. I saw. He
1: has. I've been following.
0: He's had about 12, 12 winners or something I saw in the last fortnight. Yeah,
1: the other day he had four winners. Yeah, four winners on the card and two. I think a double for for his dad.
0: Yeah, well, right. if you if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you'll know that Izzy's a huge Nigel no Tristan Davis fan, and you also know as well that some of the other favourites, Molly's Ollie's Wishes is also running at the weekend, so no doubt. Oh, Izzy... yeah, how
1: did I forget Molly? How did I forget to mention Molly Ollie's? Wow, just truly disgraced myself there.
0: That's all right. Well, we were talking about it before we came on on air that you forgot her, but I've mentioned her for you there. So yeah, maybe another one to, to keep an eye on. Um, it was
1: more of a scrolling issue, guys, because you had to really scroll to find her in that field. Yeah. Did you say she was thirty threes?
0: Yeah, thirty three to one. Thirty three to
1: one on Skybet.
3: Yeah, she was earlier on when when we came on air.
1: That's just ridiculous. What a ridiculous price. I know. She, I know. Our last two runs weren't. Yeah. Great but
3: that is just wild so it's
0: definitely a game. 25 generally okay one, Get the sky back, guys. <laughs> one to watch there from uh izzy's uh izzy's uh closet and how about you liz who did you like uh, away from the races we've just been talking about um so yes at chepstow
2: one for tomorrow on friday in the 135 i do like it's it's a veterans chase and I write is there. I think he's on a, on a, on a good mark, good jumper, goes well fresh. Um, and then on Saturday in the two thirty, Peter Bowen's Cortland, he's been running over the summer and he's almost come alive. He's one, four of the past five and it was only a three quarters of a length defeat and the summer plate finishing second is only defeat of those five um, he's jumped from a rating of 109 to 144 but he's still been finding more on every increase and I think he'll be there to give it a go but also in that same race, Nicky Henderson and Nico de Boinville just saddle one for the whole meeting, they've just got one runner all day and that's Emir Sakri, pretty likely race in his career, has won at Chep's um, but I always have a bit of a think when, when they've come just for one um, and I think Gordon Elliott and Jack Kennedy have a good chance at a double in the 4.15 with Tronador and the 4.50 with New Year's New Year
0: Honours as well so that's uh, Chepstow covered OK, a couple to watch then from Liz and how about you Katie?
3: Well, on Saturday in the 2.30 Native River Handicap Trace I think I'm going to be stealing one of yours here Chris, because I think you backed this horse in the Ultima. Uh, T Clipper, he always seems to go well fresh. He was the next second in the race last year when he was rated four pounds higher. He's nine pounds uh, lower than when he was six in the Ultima. Finished ahead of three under three five there when in receipt of three pounds. and There's nine pounds between them here in favour of T Clipper. So I think he's got an excellent chance. As long as the ground doesn't turn to testing, I don't think that will suit him, but I think you'll still be a decent each way, but and then a few tomorrow at Newmarket to keep an eye on. I thought Sweetest was a huge price in the in the one fifty at forty to one there for Aidan O'Brien. Frankie Dettori on board. I just think on looking at her form, she she's well overpriced at forty to one. So I think she could possibly outrun those odds. It is a competitive race, so maybe she won't be quite good enough to make the frame on this occasion. But um, I do think she'd be massively overlooked. I'm also sticking with Lang Lang in the 410, but I'm looking forward to seeing her next season. So I'm hoping that she'll run well enough to justify my, my bet on her in the 1000 guineas at 50 to 1. So I'm really keeping my fingers crossed for her. And then in the last tomorrow, Silver Lady is one I've been keeping an eye on at New Market. Uh, she finished sixth in the Rosemary Stakes behind Coppice, but she stayed on really well. And I was keen to see her up in trip. She's over a mile and a quarter here, and I think she'll go really well. I was hoping she'd be a bit more of a price than she is, but they clearly think she's going to go well too. So that gives me a bit more confidence in her. So around 7-2 to two for Silver Lady
0: okay a few then torch out from katie this weekend um i just got one that caught my eye um in the silver trophy at, at such four fifteen. the well there's actually two in that race has any any harm in asking who have not seen for ages his claim to fame is that he was the only horse to beat constitution hill uh in his point-to-point day so maybe it's very well handicapped there for a mark of one three three. But the one in the race that I liked that I thought was a bit of a big price, and you have to take note why they're coming over is watch the weather for Keith Donahue and uh, RP Cody. This horse um, was a winner. He was a winner um, two starts ago at Tipperary when he won in a hat can that day, he won really easily, um, beating the field by nine lengths. He then went to Galway on his next start uh, ran a good race there over two miles six finished in fourth place now he's coming over here off top weight and you would have thought that they would have stuck to to him running over an island if if they didn't think he would have a chance obviously he's a smaller trainer it's going to cost a bit of money to come and run him um over here send him on the ferry etc um and he would be carrying top weight giving lots of weight to some of his rivals so I think they obviously think that they, they've got a good chance here of, of running well. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't come. I, I, I'm sure they would have kept him at home in Ireland. Off the mark of one three six, maybe he is well handicapped. Maybe he is handicapped to the hilt. But I just like the way he won two starts ago at Tipperary. And coming here, Keith Donahue, uh, booked for the ride. A really shrewd jockey booking. I like following Keith. I think he's a, he's a good rider. He knows how to land a touch. And maybe watch the weather is one to, to keep an eye on so this weekend i just thought he was a little bit overpriced there uh, 33 to 1 like i say i don't think they would be coming here unless they thought he had a really good chance so that's my one to watch this weekend so thanks again to the girls for giving up their time um hopefully you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast um remember to follow us on all the major podcast platforms we're available on uh, spotify soundcloud and we're also as well available on youtube you can follow us on social media as well where we're on twitter and instagram at in the saddle please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon